0: Alrighty. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. Your weekly look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts. Uh, thank you all very much for being here. Please subscribe, however you happen to do that. Follow, if that's whatever the platform is you're on. Different platforms have some different kind of terminology for this stuff, So, but if you could interact with the product a little bit, you know, thumbs up, if that's relevant, uh, give us a review. If I, if you're on Apple Podcasts, I think that's how they prefer it. So just, again, like, comment, subscribe. I always say that. It's kind of the YouTube trinity. I don't even think this gets posted to YouTube anymore, but hopefully you all understand what I mean. So, interact with it a little bit. Share us around. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell a stranger. Uh, yeah, just anything you can do to help us out in that particular respect. Alright, on the agenda this evening. We had some stuff last night. Some weird stuff. Uh, last night, UFC on ESPN plus 45, so we'll have a review of that. This upcoming week, UFC on ESPN 21. We've got some fights that were announced, some good, you know, most of them good. One of them, uh, one of them, frustratingly, was announced not too long after I I finished recording last week's episode, or I would have talked about it then, but we'll get, but, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, news. You guys know the drill by now. All right. Uh, Before we get into UFC on ESPN Plus 45, uh, some really kind of, some hard news. As I was covering UFC on ESPN Plus 45 last night, uh, news on Twitter broke about the passing of boxing great, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Uh, He was 66. Ah, uh, God! I didn't get to watch most of Hagler's career as it was happening. Uh, in fact, his fight with Tommy Hearns, which is the stuff of legend, and if you haven't seen it, you—I don't care—I don't care if you're much of a boxing fan. Uh, if you haven't seen Hagler Hearns, it's less than three rounds, and is one of the craziest things you'll ever see. So please look that up. It's great. It's so great. Uh, but that fight happened a little bit before I was born, so I I didn't get to watch in his career. In fact, he retired after the <clears throat> after the Sugar Ray Leonard fight, which, for the record, he should have won. <laughs> uh, let's see that because that one took place in '87, so he would have retired. Not too long after that. Uh I think he officially retired in what was it ninety-ish? Uh Yeah you know, yeah, yeah, it was so would have been not long after that, so a little bit after eighty seven, eighty eight. Uh p- It's hard to really kind of parse out... Yeah, 88 was when he retired, June of 88. So I was not even three when he retired from fighting. But he's such a... Ah, My relationship with boxing as a fan is a little bit up and down. It's intermittent, it kind of comes and goes. I'm, I'm very picky about the boxing I consume. That's not quite as true with other... Uh, with MMA, I watch not all of it live, and I've I've, ge- I've become more picky as time has gone on with MMA, just as a self-defense mechanism to avoid burnout. But I watch a lot of MMA. I'm a lot pickier with my boxing. So my interest tends to come and go a little bit. Uh, not every fighter that I enjoy watching is you know, the biggest star of the time, but it's... I like, you have to be a kind of special fighter to really sort of get me invested in uh, going out of my way to find boxing fights and that kind of thing. So, and I I have friends who are bigger into boxing than I am and I trust their perspective. If they say such and such is going to be a good fight, I tend to take them at face value and watch it. But I, I don't watch, you know, weekly. When I got back, this was a few years ago now. When I got back into doing some more tape study and some more watching of fights, I'd seen a few Hagler fights. I mean, obviously, I knew the man was great, but I hadn't done and some of this. Came with my personal like uh, understanding of technique blossoming and whatnot as well. I rewatched a lot of his fights, and he—it's <laughs> so hard to properly say this—he is—he's first of all, he's my favorite boxer ever to watch. Just straight up. You ask me whose fights I want to watch? It's Marvin Hagler's. His, he's, uh, he's the fighter you want every fighter to be like, in some respects. Uh, he had everything. He was uh, a power hitter when he needed to be. He was a very smooth technician. He was fleet of foot. He was quick of hand and had power, couldn't be hurt. Only time... There was only one official knockdown in his entire, like, 67-fight career. And that's dubious. It was a dubious call (laughs) to rule that a knockdown. And he fought some... He fought the best, man. Like that's the other thing. He fought the best. And only one guy ever got a weak ruling knockdown on him. Couldn't hurt him. Dangerous at any distance. He could fight long. He could fight close. He exploded through distance very well if you have never seen what a gazelle punch is he kind of popularized it i know floyd patterson used it but uh, Hagler's is just a thing of beauty his ability to switch stances uh tremendous especially mid combination that's something a lot of boxers weren't doing at at the time at least and it's still something of a rarity now but if he'd just continue a combination, depending on the angle you took trying to get away from him, if you tried to circle, you know, under his uh, under his left in uh, coming at, at you southpaw, if you went to his left instead of having to completely reposition, he'd just shift his feet a little bit and come after you orthodox. It never let you be safe. <laughs> a lot of angles that you might think were safe were not. Uh, he. My favorite boxer to watch. I would argue he's the best. But, you know, at that point, you're really getting into specifics. Uh, He's one of those guys that if he wasn't your favorite fighter, there's a real good chance he was your favorite fighter's favorite fighter, right? Uh, Just a a tremendous, tremendous talent. I'm... uh, He is not the one of those... He's part of what's kind of referred to as the Four Kings. It was this group of four extraordinarily talented fighters who were all in roundabout the same weight class. Uh, And in boxing with the weight classes being closer together, they fought each other. It was him, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, and Sugar Ray Leonard. And he, he beat Duran. He knocked out Hearns. And I've already said this. I've, that fight with Leonard, I think he won. I, that fight needs to be studied just for the con job that Leonard does. <laughs> it, it's an immaculate sell job in terms of, hey, look, I won. But uh, I. It's not a. <laughs> I don't think he won that fight. I just don't. Uh, and that, that's. I mean, again, that's not on him in the sense that the, that I disagree with the judges. Uh, you know, he fought the way that he was going to fight, so not uh, nothing else you can do. I mean, even if you disagree with the decision there, that's also a really great fight to watch. Uh, you know, he was uh, just a truly, truly, as his nickname and then later legal name said, marvelous fighter. Uh, this really sucks. Again, he's not the first of those four I would have bet to pass. I mean, again, they're all kind of getting up there. My money would have been on Tommy Hearns. Actually, he has not looked all that great lately. Uh, but then again, neither has uh, Roberto Duran. So it would have been one of those two, I think. I mean, if you have the you know the morbid death uh, you know death pool kind of going on, yeah, one of those two would have been your bet. Hagler didn't look all that. I mean, he he didn't just look like a guy who was you know kind of deteriorating and near the end. Uh, it it just sucks, really sucks, man. He's you know, one of the very best ever. And Uh. Sorry to open with a downer there, but uh I I wanted to talk a little bit about that because he's just a guy who's very who's very formative to my fandom of boxing as it kinda came back around at various points. He's he's also a guy whose fights are just so great to watch he's one of the guys that you watch his fights and you come away wanting to just run through a wall like ah you know the motivational factor it's bizarre there's not a lot of fighters that do that to someone who watches you know he's he there's just that I don't even really have an appropriate way to phrase it other than you know like he's uh, inspiring you know in that respect it's it's weird but Uh, yeah, he was, his fights were, they were great. Uh, I still on occasion, if I happen to be going into sparring and figure I want to spar a certain way, if I'm especially worried, thinking about, you know, I need to really practice going forward today, get, getting into the proper headspace. He's one of the guys, uh, you know, I'll find a YouTube highlight of his or something, you know, and it, it it works. I mean, it may not work for everybody. It works for me. Helps me kind of get, all right. You know, here we go. <laughs> We're going forward, and it's uh, it, uh, it. He's he was just so so good, and it's a real loss. I mean, he's one of the few guys who got out of boxing. I think uh, on the right side of it. You know, there's a lot of he his health didn't seem to have deteriorated. Uh, he still didn't you know. Spe- uh, He was still a fairly active guy. He became an actor in Italy. He he never really had those, you know, second, third, fourth, come out of retirement, you know, I need cash. He was kind of a guy who fought, made his money, made his mark on the sport, and when it was over, moved on. Uh, There's not a lot of people that do that. Not a lot of people in the fight business come out on the right side of it. You know, and he's one of the few that did. Uh, it sucks. It's it's hard. I mean, I I was gutted. I was so gutted when that news broke. Uh, so, for whatever my condolences are worth to his family and friends, and you know, who I'm sure are having a much more difficult time with this than any of us who only ever you know, knew the man as a, an, a in some kind of fandom or professional capacity. Uh, it's. It just sucks. But, uh, you know, everybody dies eventually. So, uh, if you haven't, again, if you haven't seen any of his fights, please look them up. There's su- the Hearns fight is required viewing. It's a really interesting kind of slightly different style of fight when he fights uh was it John Mugabe? Let me make sure I get that guy's first name correct. Yeah, John. His fight with Duran is a th- another just genuinely great great fight. Uh especially the last couple of rounds when he's I mean if you also also if you if you want to know how great Roberto Duran was that that'll give you a little bit of an idea. Uh you you could just go down that man's uh Hagler's list of fights uh, there are, there's not really too many duds. Uh so for whatever it's worth, I uh yeah, as far as that goes. All right, so downer aside, <laughs> apologize for starting that on a downer note. Uh, moving on, UFC on ESPN plus 45. Man, what a weird card! Really weird card. I mean, there was some there was some quality stuff. In fact, I need to update my year-end awards nominees. Uh, I keep a list. <laughs> just so my, When my year-end stuff comes up, I have a list that I can kind of go back through. Uh, your main event. Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad goes to a no contest after Muhammad cannot continue following an accidental eye poke 18 seconds of the second round. This... Sorry to be a downer again. This just sucks. Uh, this really, really sucks. Uh, God. This was Edwards' first fight since he fought Rafael dos Anjos in I think June of '19. Uh, sucks for him. He was trying to reintroduce himself to the fan base to make to remind everyone that hey, I'm here and I'm a good fighter. In fact, I should be in the title picture. I've won my last eight fights in a row. What more do I have to do? I mean, the answer would be in fact, you know, finish a fight maybe. Um, not to be overly facetious. Finishing is not easy, but at the same time, Edwards has like three finishes in his entire UFC career. Uh, it's, <laughs> there's a degree to which you do kind of need, if you can't get finishes regularly, you need to have a bombastic personality to sort of compensate for that, and Edwards, not a big finisher and not a big personality at the moment but he was supposed to, you know, kind of get back on the on track. This was so sucks for him in that respect. Uh I mean, Dana White cursed this. I am blaming Dana entirely. Dana came out and said, "Yeah, if if uh if Edwards wins, he's 100% getting the next title shot," which one we all know is a lie. Um there's just no way. There's no way that after this one fight Unless he head-kicked Muhammad in the first round, right? Like, if he did something spectacular enough, sure. But if he just won a decision, he was going to need one more win. Especially given the high probability that we're going to wind up putting Usman and all in the coach roles for tough. God help us. Yeah, that such a stupid decision. But anyway, the point being, if those two are going to be recording that stupid show waiting for that stupid show to air, then fighting for the belt, I find it deeply unlikely that Leon Edwards could win here in March and then basically wait a year. I mean, not a probably not a whole year, but if we're looking at December bare minimum, right? You've got, again, the show has to shoot for its number of weeks, air for its number of weeks, then the pe- whatever pay-per-view event that they're going to fight on, then Usman has to, you know, recover and get set for another fight. That timeline just does not favor Leon Edwards at all. <laughs> he was going to have to fight again. He just was. Uh, but Dana just jinxed it, I think, in that particular respect. Uh, so, sucks for Edwards. Sucks for Bilal Muhammad. Took this fight on short notice... Got a got a big step up in competition. I mean, you know, Muhammad was four and one in his last five. and was like four and I think it was eight and one in his last nine. Like the man had been putting in solid work. Finally, gets a shot at somebody in the top five, main event spot, easily the biggest fight of his career to date. And then in the second round, he catches a finger to the eye and he can't see. And I don't blame him one bit. If you can't see, you can't see. There's nothing else to be done about it. Uh, so, fortunately, he put out a respo- uh, you know, an update a little bit earlier today. His vision seems to be coming back. Doesn't look like there's going to be any permanent damage to his eye. So, uh, very, very glad to hear that. You know, don't, you don't, uh, there's a handful of fighters that I might... Know enough about to wish some bad things to happen to. Uh, I might not be a f- you know a big fan of Bilal Muhammad in terms of my personal fandom, but I don't wish ill on the guy. Uh, he doesn't seem to be you know one of those guys. Uh, could be wrong. Could turn out that he, if I could, I have to say that this is a reference, or people might think I'm serious. It could come out that he molests collies. Uh, that being, uh, for the record, that is a reference to Caddyshack. <laughs> If you haven't seen that movie or caught or get the reference, but you know, something could come out about him, but based on all available knowledge, he seems like a good guy. So glad he's not seriously injured. Uh, it sucks for him, too. More so than Edwards, if we're talking just personally, but I think professionally it's worse for Edwards. In no small part because it's really unclear what you do from here. Uh, The first round, I mean, I've talked about the aftermath, the first round was pretty much all Edwards. He was landing better punches, he was switching his stance, which really seemed to throw Muhammad off. I think he was expecting Edwards to most... Edwards is mostly a southpaw. I don't think he was expecting the stance switches, I think those got to him a little bit. He got head kicked, and Muhammad has a very, very impressive chin. I don't think he's ever been stopped via strikes. I want to confirm that real fast. Okay, Vicente Luque knocked him out, but that's it. Uh, so he has one stoppage loss via strikes. That's his only really stoppage loss at all. Jeez, yeah. So, dude, can he's durable, but he got head kicked pretty hard. <laughs> he was a little bit wobbled. Uh, you know, Edwards was winning. He won the first round clearly. I hate to say that he would have just, you know, continued doing that and won the fight because we're talking about five minutes in a 25-minute fight. Uh, there's entirely too many variables and possibilities for, the, for you know, that to that one little microcosm to be a comprehensive view into how the fight would have gone. But he looked good in that for, for as long as the fight lasted. Leon Edwards looked really good. Uh, and you know, that kind of gets thrown away from him. They might try to... There's a couple of things here. Uh, the UFC might try to remake him and Shemayev, assuming Shemayev uh, recovers from COVID on a reasonable timetable. You know, that seems to be, again, a bit of a stretch at the moment, but I figured to throw it out there's a possibility. Uh, Leon Edwards and Colby Covington could very well be the fight to make. Uh, you've got Covington making noise about a title shot. Again, he's not going to get the next one. We're very, very unlikely to get the immediate next one. So he's probably going to need one more fight. You could very easily main event uh, an ESPN or an ABC card with Covington and... And uh Usman, of course, with, you, but with Covington and Edwards. Uh, the other name kind of out there... Who's the other one? Um don't think they've, uh, Gilbert Burns hasn't had, doesn't have anything official yet after his loss to a uh, failed title fight with Usman. Burns is a possibility, but um, I think it was Sheen Alshadi, or Sean Alshadi, excuse me, who kind of mentioned on Twitter that of the current top five welterweight contenders, none of them actually have wins over each other. Uh, Now, this is a little bit misleading. First of all, we're excluding the champion. Usman, I think, has beaten every one of the top five contenders (laughs) at some point. That's a little bit misleading, mostly because rankings change over time. Uh, When Gilbert Burns fought Tyron Woodley, for example, Woodley was still, I believe, a top five guy in the division. Uh, He might even have still been a top five guy when Covington fought him the rankings kind of being as silly as they are. But I think if you, but, you know, Burns after, you know, apart from the Woodley win, Burns has not fought any of the current top five. Let me bring them up, actually. Got the rankings here. So your top, for the record, your top five welterweight contenders. We have champion Kamaru Usman. We have Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, Jorge Masvidal, and Stephen Thompson. In which case, he's not accurate. He might even have said, okay, the only the only one group of those that have fought each other in some permutation is Stephen Thompson and Jorge Masvidal, and that was four-ish years ago. Might even be longer than that. Hang on. I, I forget when their fight was. Because I know Thompson beat him. Uh, that was 2017 November, so we're a little over four years. Yeah, oh, sorry, we're not quite four years. We're a little over three. Uh, yeah, that's again, that's not a great thing. Uh, if we go further, now again, I'm pretty sure that Woodley was ranked in the top five when he fought both Burns and Covington. At a minimum, he was for Burns. Less sure about the Covington one. But that's, uh, I think it's correct. That's a little bit of a problem, <laughs> you know. It's uh, not the greatest thing. But so Edwards should fight, and you got Covington, Burns, any of those five, real, any of those guys. Edwards, Masvidal's very unlikely, but you know, Edwards against Covington, Burns, or Thompson. Uh, are all very, very doable fights. Uh, I'm not sure how available Thompson is. Edwards might wind up fighting Michael Chiesa. Just as a thought. I mean, it's another step down for him, fighting someone below him rather than in his immediate vicinity as far as the rankings go, but that might be in his immediate future. Um, as for Muhammad, I'm sure he's going he might try to lobby for a rematch. Um... I mean, again, it sucks for him, but I doubt he's gonna get it. So, yeah, no contest in your main event. Giant anticlimax climax as far as that goes. Very unfortunate. Uh, co-main event. Ryan Spann defeated Misha Serkinov via TKO, punches, and hammer fists at 111 of the first. Um, just... The man needs a better wrestling game. All right. <laughs> uh, He came out. There was a really nice exchange. Uh, Cirkunov came out. He's fighting Southpaw. Threw a little bit of a combination. Span kind of absorbed it. He got hit. But he reset his outside foot position to open up the punching lane for his power hand because he's orthodox. And dropped Cirkunov with a counter right. Then from there was was able to recapitalize along the fence a a little bit later and get the finish. Uh, Look, light heavyweight is what it is. It, I, I hate that phrase because it's so. It's such a non-phrase, I suppose. Uh, or, or a self-evident statement of reality. But Light Heavyweight is not a great division. Uh, that said, Span only has the one loss it to, in the UFC. Uh, that being to Johnny Walker. The UFC gutting that division of wrestlers really both opened up parts of it and just. Made it a very sad, st- very a very sad division in some respects. <laughs> Boy. but you know, Span will probably get somebody ranked closer. And they were, where were they coming into this? These guys were like, okay, Serkinov was 11, Span was 13. Well, they might swap spots. Now, after the fight, I think Span called out the winner. He wanted to fight the winner of Jimmy Crute and Anthony Smith. I'd be down for that fight. Smith is still ranked 6th. Uh, it's a generous ranking. Crude is currently 12th. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could see him fight in the winner. That makes sense. I'm not going to complain about that bit of matchmaking. If that's what happens. Uh, featherweight fight. Dan Ige. Ooh, boy. Knocked out Gavin Tucker. 22 seconds of the first round. Uh <laughs> Tucker fighting Southpaw just stepped... He stepped very deep looking for a combination. Ige wound up stepping to the inside. But at, he timed this so perfectly that the traditional foot, uh, foot position battle was really rendered moot by the fact that he timed it kind of with the step and the fact that he threw a very short, very straight, very powerful punch and knocked Tucker out cold. <laughs> um, Danny Gay is a very, very, uh, I mean, he's been a very good fighter for a while. Uh, I mean, his only loss, I think, he's only had two losses in the UFC. One was his debut, went on a long winning streak, lost to Calvin Cater, then knocked out Tucker here. Uh, I mean, whether you think he should have lost the split decision to Barboza or not, and there's a very clear argument for Barboza winning that fight, just want to make that clear. Uh, I, I don't disagree with anyone that scores that for Barboza. Doing it live, I scored it for Ige. Uh Dude's a serious problem for that division. For I mean, even though Cater beat him, uh, it was a unanimous decision. That wasn't a that was a fairly competitive fight. Uh, I think after the fight, he said he wants to fight the Korean Zombie, so Chan Sung Jung, who's currently number five. Sure, man. Sign me up. It's a great fight. It's a great fight. Man, you notice how... Just dovetail briefly about featherweight. You notice how little the UFC has promoted the upcoming featherweight title fight? It's on the same card as uh, the Stipe and Gano rematch, so it's going to be coming up at uh, 260. I think it's the, it's the next pay-per-view. It's like they forgot that they booked Ortega and Volkanovski for that same card. Uh, I don't know what the UFC has against Volkanovski when it comes to their promotional efforts behind the guy, but... Yeah, that... that uh little bit of an afterthought, right? Uh, anyway, moving on. Bantamweight. Davey Grant defeated Jonathan Martinez via knockout. Uh, another punch. 3 3 of the second. Grant just kind of hit him with a... I think it was fighting southpaw. Hit him with a right hook to the body and a left hook up top. They both let... Both he and Martinez landed left at the same time. Grant just landed better. Uh, I had Martinez winning that fight, actually, up until the finish. He dropped Grant in the first. It was looking pretty solid, but... There's a handful of mistakes you can't make, and... uh, He just kind of left himself open to being counter... To being uh, swung on in that capacity. It wasn't really a counter, more of a simultaneous exchange. So, good for Grant. Let's see, flyweight, Mateus Nicolaou defeated Manel Cop via split decision, 29-28. I thought Cop won, but I'm not up in arms over it. Uh, somewhat lackluster fight. Uh, and opening in the main card, Eric Anders and Darren Stewart went to a no contest after Anders threw an illegal knee... To the head of Darren Stewart, while Darren Stewart was down on the ground. 437 of the 1st. For the second week in a row, somebody can't seem to pay enough attention to their opponent's body position to decide reasonably whether or not they should knee them in the head. Well, let me start by saying, knees to the head of a downed opponent, I think should be allowed. That's my preference. You ask if part of the qualification here is, hey Robert, which do you think knees to the head of a downed opponent should be allowed? I tend to think yes. Uh, I I would be okay with that. Uh, I think the pos- I think different positions would play out a little bit differently, and I tend to think f- uh, this is one of the things about things about, uh, rule changes like that that some people get a little bit, uh, touchy about. But, you know, you'll, op- you'll open up, uh, certain bad positions, or, but everybody does X and that's dangerous. Well, people will stop doing X. They'll find some other way around it. Uh, so, for the right, my personal opinion there. But you agreed to compete under a set of rules. Uh, and you can't knee someone in the head when they're down. And this is this was a little bit like last time in the sense that there's no ambiguity here. Uh, Darren Stewart was not, you know, on his way up. Did not have one hand down, and then it was up, and then it was down, and then it was up. He was kind of just on his knees against the fence, thinking about getting up, but hadn't started the process yet and was very clearly downed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I don't really know what else to say about it. Uh, Stupid. Just a really, really stupid decision. Uh, So our main card starts with a no contest via Illegal Knee, ends with a no contest via Accidental Eye Poke. And there was a real question about... Why was this a no contest versus Jan and Sterling, which was a DQ? And I know there was some little bit about, well, you know, you need enough rounds to pass. I'm pretty sure you only need enough rounds to pass if you're going to go to the judges score because you can have a technical decision. And if you're going to have a technical decision, you do need to have at least half the elapsed number of rounds. Uh... Otherwise, uh, and usually for, so mostly for accidental fouls, if you have an accidental foul and you've had more than half the rounds completed, you can go to the, you go to the judges you do any point deductions you're going to do. Then you have the judges score. You have them for the rounds that have already ha- passed. You have them score what they've seen of the current round. And then the judges score cards will determine the winner. So, again, that's how you get to technical decisions. They're something of a rarity in MMA, but they do happen. Uh, I think Bisbing and Alan Belcher went to a technical decision. Uh, the fight between... I think it was Don, uh, Donald Cerrone and Jamie Varner back in the WEC. Back in WEC. Uh, their fight went to a technical decision. So, it, it does happen. They're just a little bit of a rarity. The big thing with determining the difference between a no contest and a disqualification... Is largely down to the referees and their determination of intent. Uh, so the whole thing, which winds up being subjective. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a mess in that respect. It just is. All right, as for the prelims, uh, Angela Hill defeated Ashley Yoder via unanimous decision. This went exactly how you think it did. Um, Charles Jourdain defeated Marcelo Rojo via TKO uh, punches 431 of the third. These two had a really good fight going through a couple of rounds. I'm surprised there was no fight of the night bonus awarded. Uh, I'm really surprised by that, actually. Jourdain and Rojo had a darn good fight. Hack Preston Garcia had a darn good fight. Uh, A couple of guys got screwed there couple of guys got screwed. Um, I had it even going into the third. You could easily have Rojo up too. And Jordan in the third just, all right, if I need a finish, I need a finish. And he was a house on fire, man. Just would not let up. Dropped Rojo, got on top, pounded him for a bit, got back up, uh, just abused him in the clinch until Rojo kind of fell over and the ref said, that's enough. Uh, good fight for a As long as it lasted, and solid bit of business from Jourdain. Bantamweight fight: Ronnie Yaya defeated Ray Rodriguez via arm triangle choke, uh, 3:09 of the second. Look up the finish for this and watch Yaya's pass. It is a thing of beauty. He starts attacking the arm, setting up the arm triangle cross body from where he is in half guard, so on the safe side. Then fakes a pass to side control. So that when Rodriguez kind of gets up on a hip to try and stop him, he can float over into half guard on the dangerous side and lock up the choke. Uh, really nice. Th- I mean, Yaya's awesome. He's never going to get the respect he's due, but he's a lot of he, he's a he's a good guy. He's a he's good for a scrap. Nazrat uh, Hakparast and Hoffa Gar- defeated Hoffa Garcia. Excuse me, Rafa Garcia. He's where's he from? I think he's Argentinian. Where's that Rojo? Garcia, either way. I think Garcia was Mexican. Yeah, yeah, he's Mexican, so Rafa. Uh, Rafa Garcia, uh, Hack Press defeated him via unanimous decision, 130-27, 229-28. Garcia had a pretty good first round. I thought he won that one. But the longer this went, the more Hack Press just kept kind of breaking him down, getting to the target more often, getting to the target cleaner. It just got worse uh, through rounds two and three for Garcia. Women's flyweight, J.J. Aldrich defeated Courtney Casey via split decision, 29-28. Uh, okay, this was not an especially compelling fight. Uh, you had... Uh, the, first ra- the first two rounds were clear. Uh, I forget who won which one, but very, everyone, you know, everyone kind of agrees. One went to one, one went to the other. Uh, third round, I gave it to Casey, but I can't object to 29-28 for either of them. Uh, let's see. Jinyu Fry defeated Gloria DePala via unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. And kicking everything. Um, that fight. Um, when Fry got takedown, she controlled DePala from on top, uh, fairly safely. Got enough damage. Won two rounds. Second round was almost all on the feet, and Depala won that one. But she couldn't stop Fry's a couple of Fry's takedowns, and that spelled her doom. And kicking everything off, Matthew Semelsberger knocked out Jason Witt with a punch at 16 seconds of the first round. Uh, Witt just threw enough naked leg kicks in a row that Semelsberger got a read on him, countered him with a straight right to the chin, and that was all she wrote. Uh, Yeah. So that was the event. Some good stuff there. Um, If you haven't seen it and you're curious what you should look up, uh, Ige and Tucker, not long, worth looking up. Grant and Martinez is decent for as long as it goes. Yayan Rodriguez is kind of fun if you're into the grappling. Uh, Prost and Garcia is certainly worth watching, and then again the quick finish for Semmelsberger and Witt. Those would be the th- those would be my suggested pick uh, picks from this fight from this card if you haven't seen anything. All right. So that was the event. Thank you very much to anyone who uh, read that live or after the fact. I don't think anyone commented, but you know, for the smaller events like that, that's not at all uncommon. Uh, so thank you very much. I appreciate the support. Uh, yeah, as usual, I I say it all the time. doesn't get less sincere. I appreciate you guys. All right, let's move on. Next week, UFC on ESPN 21. Ah, uh, this is a card. Um... <laughs> Main event, Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland. Uh, I shouldn't hate this fight, and I don't hate it. I just don't really... This doesn't move me. And I know that's a little bit weird. I know plenty of other people are, in fact, moved by this fight. But, I don't know. I'm I'm just not... I'm just not moved by it. You know, I'm not... ...inspired in that particular respect, so... ...uh, this uh, so is I think we'll win. That's... That's a tough one. I mean, Derek Brunson is, seems to be on a little bit of a career turnaround. You know, he... He's always been a good guy to have around. He's won some good fights, but he's had a couple of losses that have kind of monkeyed with his ability to make a real move. He got a little bit of notoriety in his last fight when he knocked when he TKO'd Edmund Shabazian in the third. And he's on a three-fight winning streak. I think the problem is he's just... He's not all that... I hate to say he's not all that good, because that's not true. It's just really hard to kind of parse out where he's got genuine advantages. He's a strong wrestler when he wants to use it, but he uses it very, very sparingly. He's got power, but his technique's all over the place, and he hasn't really seemed to have ever found how he likes to fight. Uh, In terms of he's frequently kind of bounce back and forth between reckless aggression that gets him countered and way too much patience, and he's not yet found kind of the sweet spot consistently, and that's that's been a problem for him. Uh, on the other hand, we have Kevin Holland, who I believe was my breakout fighter for 2020. Uh, in 20, He went undefeated in 2020. He won five in a row, four of those finishes. I thought he lost the Stewart fight, but... Uh, you know, such is life. Then, and, and the knockout over Jacare was a really, really interesting thing to watch. Uh, Holland's a big guy. I mean, Brunson's not a small man. Holland's just a very, very kind of long, especially for the division. I can see either man winning this. Uh, I can see Holland not really having a great answer for Brunson's grappling. I can see either man landing a power punch. I'm going to lean Holland just a little bit, but, uh, again, yeah, just a little bit. Let's see, next up, okay, this is a great fight. Uh, if nothing else on this fight card is any good, and I'm going to go kind of quickly through the rest of these, this is a great fight. Gregor Gillespie, who rocking a beard lately and looks compl- like looks completely different from how he does without it. Coming off of that, uh, he's been out for a while. Uh, he was knocked out by Kevin Lee uh, in November of 19, so missed all of 2020. Uh, now, fi- now finally back, and he is fighting uh, Brad Riddell. I am, I am so, so happy about. Like this is a good fight. Riddell three zero in the UFC. Uh, got a good record overall. He one. Uh, had a 9 re- His last fight actually was pretty good. Uh, when he beat Alex de Silva-Colejo. Uh, I mean, really, I know it was a split decision, but his win over Magomed Mustafaev was really... Uh, a really impressive piece of business. Mustafaev is a... V- he's a fairly large guy for the division. And... he must... Mustafaev, unfortunately, had a really long layoff at one point. He's a guy that I had high hopes for then only fought once in 2016, then didn't fight again until April of 19. So, uh, still, beating him is is certainly uh, an impressive achievement. (sighs) Um, If Gillespie can get the takedown, man, this is over. I mean, his wrestling is so good. Riddell's not easy to take down. He's not easy to keep down. Both, uh, Riddell's the much better striker. I mean, Gillespie can crack. He's certainly no, uh, he's certainly no slouch, but his bread and butter is, in fact, the wrestling. (sighs) Boy, that's a tough one. It's a really good fight. I'll probably lean Brad Riddell, but I'm not sure how, uh, I'm not sure at all about that. That is a very, very good fight. Alright, moving on for the re- through the rest of this card. Again, I'm going to go a little bit quicker here. Tai Tuivasa will fight Dontale Maze. I don't know why this fight's a thing. I really don't. Um, oh yeah, Tuivasa. They gave Tuivasa the bounce back fight after he lost three in a row. Uh, when he got to knock out Stefan Struve. I'll probably go Tuivasa here, but... Boy, that guy has uh, not panned out the way a lot of people thought he might. Song Kanan versus Max Griffin. It's, that's a decent fight. Uh, Song, two wins in a row. Huh. Forgot Brad Riddell knocked out Song Kanan. It was outside the UFC, but he did it. I mean, Song's 4-1 and one in the UFC overall. Only lost to Alex Morono. He's uh, I think Griffin is a bit of a step up for him from the guys he's been fighting recently, but Griffin's been all over the place in the UFC. He's been way, way up and down. So I'm going to go with Song. See, and then Cheyenne Buys versus... Montresat Ruiz? Where is this gentleman from? That might impact how that first name is supposed to be pronounced. Let's see, where are you from, sir? Come on, come on, load up. Uh, where are you? Where are you on this? Uh, shouldn't be on that far. Okay, he is Mexican. So it would be... Ah, the double R. Hmm. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Cheyenne buys a month. So, ma'am, sorry. I don't know why I got that wrong. It's this women's throwing weight right there. Uh, my apologies. So I'm going to go with Montserrat. Or Montserrat. I think it would be Montserrat. I'll know better after I hear it pronounced. So until then, I apologize for butchering your first name, ma'am. Um. <laughs> uh, Let's see, buys five and one, Ruiz nine and one. Probably go with Ruiz there, but I'm not entirely sold on that. Uh, let's see. Okay, as for the rest of the card, that is your current set for uh, main card. Whether that, whether that's going to be the setup for the main card or not remains to be seen. Some of these fights again have been kind of moved around. Some fights have just had fairly recent replacements. So, rest of the cards. We have Meridian Renault and Macy Chasson should go to Macy, but Renault's sneaky. Lightweight fight Leonardo Santos. Hey, getting his yearly fight in. Yeah, getting his yearly fight in. <laughs> uh, uh, pity, man. If he stayed active, he got some skills. He'll anyway. He'll fight Grant Dawson. Dawson has yet to lose in the UFC. I'm actually going to go with Dawson there, but Santos is a fairly legitimate challenge. Trevin Giles and Roman DeLidze. Probably go with DeLidze. Bantamweight, Montel Jackson, and Jesse Strotter. Go with Jackson, but Jackson's been way hit or miss in the UFC. Eh, No, not as hit or or miss as I thought, but uh, I'm, I'm comfortable picking him. Still won't be surprised if he loses, but I am gonna pick him. Uh, uh, Johnny Eduardo against Anthony Berzic. Johnny Eduardo's been out for a while, hasn't he? Yeah, he hasn't fought since June of eighteen. Oof. Whereas Burchak? Another guy who's been up and down. He's in his second UFC run, which he got off the ground with a loss to Gustavo Lopez. I'll pick Eduardo, but that layoff... That layoff is troubling. Uh, Adrian Yanez against Gustavo Lopez, who we just talked about very briefly. I'll I'll pick Lopez there, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'll pick Lopez. Why not? Uh, Julia Avila against Julia Stoliarenko. Uh, I feel okay picking Avila here. Avila's fairly legit. And JP Buys versus Bruno Gustavo da Silva. Buys is... South African flag? Pretty sure that is. That is the South African flag. (laughs) Uh, So Buys is... Coming in 9-2. and two. Got a good winning streak coming in. Whereas Silva has been in the UFC for a bit. Unfortunately, has yet to win. Fought to a no contest with Khalid Taha. Then has been then lost unanimous decisions to David Vorak and Tagirulan Bekov. He's kind of in a do-or-die spot. I'm actually going to pick buys for that one. Uh, Silva has been... I remember a couple of those fights now that I look at it. Silva has not been a terribly impressive fighter thus far in the UFC. So anyway, that will be on ESPN slash ESPN Plus and whatnot this coming Saturday. So please, I'll be in the MMA zone of 411 Mania. Stop by, say hello. I always appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, you can follow me at Twitter to get updates as far as that goes on occasion at MMA. If you'd rather follow me along there, Uh, you're certainly welcome to. Okay, let's move on. Again, some of our announced fights. I was annoyed this one got announced after... Again, a little bit too late for me to talk about it last week. UFC 261 has a main event now. It will be uh strawweight champion, Zhang Waili, trying to defend her title for a second time against former champion, Rose Namajunas. This is a great fight. This is one of the best fights you can make in that division. Uh this will be on the same card as uh the th- the flyweight title fight between Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade. Uh so two f- uh all women headlining and in your top two fights for this one. Uh I at the moment well that's a tough fight. My inclination at the moment would be to lean towards Zhang but uh I've I'm gonna to have to do some some looking at Rose, uh, not just Rose's tape, but a little bit of Zhang's again, and see how I think they're gonna match up. You know, if Zhang wins that fight, uh, she would have wins over three of the four strawweight champions in UFC history. She took the belt from Andrade, beat Joanna. I thought I thought Joanna won the fight, but whatever and if she beats rose the only the only other one would be carla Esparza. and god no one cares about that fight so that's a, that would be a heck of a resume she would have built and if Nama Yunus can win sort of by on the flip side there uh, Nama Yunus would be the first female fighter in ufc history to reclaim a title after losing it now uh, of any variety, in fact, across any weight class, no woman in the UFC has ever won a second belt after losing the first one. Uh, none of the bantamweight champions were able to get it back. None of the featherweight champions were able to either get that one back or go down and fight for the fight for the welter or for the bantamweight one. Uh, our flyweights have only had one real champion. In Valentina. And strawweight. Asparz has never been able to get back to the belt. Ioana couldn't get it back. Rose couldn't get it back. Well, Rose might be able to get it back here. Um, Andrade vacated the division. Uh, yeah, so Rose could be the first former champion to regain a title in uh, as a woman in the UFC. So, it's a great, great fight. Can't wait for it. Uh, 261's looking really good. Minor bit of matchmaking news here. UFC uh, 262 gets a great fight. Uh, I don't think this will be the main event because we're talking pay-per-view. But Tony Ferguson will fight Benil Daryush and just hook that into my veins. Uh, this is Daryush's real shot, kind of up uh, up the rankings. We've got someone ranked above him. Is, I'm pretty sure he's still ranked... I'm pretty sure Ferguson's still ranked above Daryush. going to confirm that. Ferguson is currently ranked 5th. Daryush is ninth. So, yeah. This, he's been calling for guys in the top five. Finally gets it. Uh, Ferguson needs a win pretty badly in the wake of consecutive losses. Daryush could get his shot to kind of break through some of the... There's not total gridlock at lightweight, but the guys at a certain level don't like fighting guys below them, and Darius has been kind of a victim of that. But he might get a—he sh- can finally kind of break through and get into the upper echelon. It's—it's uh, it's a good fight. It's a really good fight. Uh, very happy for that one. Can't wait. Very excited. All right. Last bit of news here that I have. Uh, scheduled uh, UFC 259 the sports business journal is reporting that the, the buy rate for that is right around 800,000 which would be a huge win for the UFC if that's true I believe that breakdown was about 600k domestic 200k uh, foreign that would be a that would be an enormous enormous success for that event if that number is accurate uh, it speaks to It speaks a little bit to the popularity, I think, more of Adesanya than a lot of other people on that card. Nunes has achieved a small degree of kind of penetration into the main, uh, into a a bit more, you know, kind of the wider casual audience. Um, Jan obviously benefited a little bit from the event that he won his belt on, but he still, you know, was not a big star. Sterling certainly not a big star. Uh... Megan Anderson, certainly not a big star, not even with the UFC anymore. Uh, so I think most of the drawing power for this comes down to Izzy. Little bit for Nunes, maybe a little bit for Jan. Uh, how how everyone fares coming out of this is going to be interesting. You know, is he taking the loss? Uh, how will he rebound? How much of the, how many people might have become fans of Jan Blachowicz after that fight? Uh, that remains to be seen. But suffice it to say, if the Sports Business Journal report is accurate, that is a significant win for the UFC in terms of just overall business for that particular event. So kudos. I mean, they stacked that thing with three title fights. You couldn't do a whole lot more to try and get people interested, and seems to have worked a little bit. So kudos. Uh, good for them having that kind of success. I don't begrudge them that at all. All right, let's take a look through Twitter, see if anything is broken related to MMA for us to talk about. If not, we will get into plugs. All right, nope, does not look like anything crazy MMA related is broken while we've been recording this, so let's get into plugs. Uh, Dropping, I believe, this week will be a review that Mark Radilich and I did for the Martin Scorsese movie The Irishman, because Mark couldn't think of a better movie to review for St. Patrick's Day. So we recorded that last week because he's going on vacation, but it will drop this coming week, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, There's a review that we did on Damn You Hollywood for Raya and the Last Dragon. Be on the lookout in the upcoming weeks for reviews of the Netflix anime series Pacific Rim the Black, as well as WandaVision, WandaVision a little bit later towards the end of the month. But we've got those coming up, so be on the lookout. You can also find reviews for a couple of movies recently, uh, Boss Level. We talked about and willy's last month it's been like boss level willy's wonderland uh we did raya and you do. what's the other one uh i'm part of a star trek retrospective i recorded this with david wright a few months ago it finally is out so you can listen to that if you're interested a review of tom and jerry that was the other one that was the one i couldn't remember so you can check out our review of Tom and Jerry. That's also up on Damn You Hollywood over on the and Broadcasting Network, uh, the subgroup there under the W2M Network of podcasts. You can find those uh, pretty much wherever. <laughs> Anywhere you're listening to this, you should be able to find my stuff over there. So yeah, our Wandavision review will be on the 24th. So be on the lookout for that soon. Uh, oh, as well as our review, this again, this is about a week off, but our review of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. You can be on the lookout for all of those in the upcoming little bit. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, you can also find me Fridays covering WWE SmackDown and the Wrestling Zone of 4 one Mania. I believe I'm also going to start taking over... Uh, AEW has a new show YouTube Doiky they're doing. I think they call it like After Dark Explosions or something. Uh, I don't know if this is an ongoing thing or just this Monday, but if it is just this Monday, I'll be covering it. If it's ongoing, I might still be doing it. So, if you're interested in my thoughts on professional wrestling, uh, (laughs) you can find me over there. Uh, Yeah, that's it for me. Be back next week. Next week, we will have a review of of UFC on ESPN 21, and we'll be previewing UFC 260, which is... It's got a few good cards on the main card. Uh, fights on the main card. You have the rematch between Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou, featherweight title fight between Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega, Tyron Woodley fighting for his career basically against Vicente Luque. Uh okay, the other the other two fights there are more designed to be sloppy crowd pleasers. Sean O'Malley trying to bounce back from his first loss against Thomas Almeida. And Kama Worthy versus Jamie Malarkey is kind of meant to be two tough men who hit very hard, knocking each other around. Uh, So we'll have a full preview of that next week. Should be a good time. Hope to see you all then. Until then, thank you again very much. Appreciate all you guys do to help keep the show alive, to help keep it supported. Means a lot. I'll see you then, stay safe out there, and continue to be well, be safe, and behave.